Welcome to Him for Her Radio, women's hot topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Should Burry. Hey, friends. You have got to go to our YouTube. Please look up Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics on YouTube. You know why? Because I am sitting in an oasis. Yep, you heard me right. A beautiful oasis next to an absolutely gorgeous woman, Lisa Marie. And I'm so thankful that she decided to come on the show with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so glad that you're with us. Um, Just want to give you guys a little brief background on how we met. You know that my husband and I are on the road interviewing people and watching what God is doing in and through their lives. But the most important thing is that we get to have these God appointments. And God introduced me to Lisa Marie in such a special way. Uh, We're down here at Pelican Lake Motor Coach Resort. And as we got chatting and we talked about radio and talked about such, she said, you know what? I've got a story that I think maybe your listeners would like. And she is right. We had a chance to visit and to chat. And ladies, if you're listening, this is a God appointment. I really do feel you need to just make sure you listen to it all the way to the end, because this is a story that will impact so many people. Thank you, Lisa Marie, for joining us again. I'm so thankful. So tell us a little bit about your family and your life currently today. Okay. I'm 55 years old, and I'm married to an amazing man named Brett, and we have a almost 16-year-old son, Ryder Cormier. So tell me a little bit about Ryder. Well, Ryder is uh, a blessing for sure. He is a athlete um, who's just made Team Ontario in Canada, and he does BMX, and he's been on a pedal bike since three without training wheels. And he competes um, very high level, and he has some pretty big goals for himself and our country, and we're hoping that he can go all the way. And he is a Canadian resident. Is that correct? He is a Canadian citizen. So he's going to, a citizen, citizen, that's the right term. Yep. Absolutely. So he, you guys, he is really good. So if you get a chance to watch the BMXers ride uh, and look for his name, Brett Comier. Ryder Cormier. Oh, Ryder. Not Brett. <laughs> that's her husband. Uh, Brett, are you riding on the bike today? No, it's the son. It's his son. Ryder. Ryder. Awesome. Thanks. Well, tell me a little bit about your story uh, when you were growing up. Well, I'm going to do it without tears. Um, I come from a family of 12 other siblings. Um, I don't know any of them. Um, My biological mother was a prostitute. Mm. And um, I was in and out of foster homes from birth till, well, I was adopted at eight, which is really unusual. But in and out of foster homes until then. And... uh, the foster homes weren't always the perfect background. They, there was abuse in those foster homes as well. Uh, my mom, my biological mom would, would give me up and take me back, give me up and take me back. And she, uh, she did that with all of my siblings. I don't know any of them. And the journey through that was intense for a child to endeavor. Um, I was sexually molested by many of the men in her life. Mm. Um, I remember so many different circumstances where I've had guns held to my head from the men in her life um, who thought that I was also up for the takings on Mm -hmm. different things as well. So it was, and I remember a lot of it. It was a 
intense time and um, a child should never, ever have to go through that. Absolutely. So to uh, recap, you've been in five foster homes, also a orphanage. orphanage. You were abused by your mother's basically guys that are coming in, right, um, that are looking for prostitution. Did your mom have any, did you ever see any remorse from her or was she high all the time or what was the status or why would you allow your children to be part of that environment? Never. She, I think that, I mean, I loved her through all of that. I still loved her. And every time that she would give me away, I would go into a new foster home and my name would change every time. So back in the day when foster children, so you'd have your maiden name or your, and then they put you in a new home. And so I would think this is my new home. I'm going to stay here now. Mm -hmm. And then she would take me back Mm -hmm. and I would be so excited like it was, it was Disneyland day because my mom was coming back to take me back. So it was supposed to be a special day for me. And then I'd be with her for weeks upon time. And then the abuse would start again. And I don't know if she just, I was, I think her last child, she had me at 41 years old. So I believe I was her last child. Um, so I think that she really tried with me. And I think that she wanted to be successful and keep one of her 13 children, hmm. but she couldn't. Hmm. And how painful for you to to realize that. You know, you get all excited. You're going to see your mom. She's going to show up today. She's going to come pick me up. Would she always come and get you when you thought, or did she stand you up? So it all had to go through the courts every time. Mm -hmm. So she would show up. She always brought me a gift. And I was, I mean, I could remember just every time I was so excited to see her Mm -hmm. because I wanted her to love me. And if you think that children at, you know, four years old, five years old, don't understand abuse and neglect and um, pain. (laughs) They do. And they want and yearn that love. I I yearned for her to love me. I yearned for my mom to love me, even through adoption. I yearned for my biological mom to come back and just say, I love you. And rescue you. Mm -hmm. Really, really. Did she did she decide, okay, I'm going to give you up to, for adoption, or did the courts take you away? So during the abusive days, um, one point, one of her men would take me to a park. I don't know if you remember those little round rings that they have in the park, and mm-hmm. he would take me there and rape me. Oh. And uh, the last time uh, they had gotten in a really big fight, her and this man, and... Uh, they made me sleep in the garage because everything was my fault. And they would give me a baby blanket. I was five, five or six. And they gave me a baby blanket and I would sleep in the garage. It wasn't my first time. I slept in the garage many times. And the neighbors heard them screaming and me crying. And the next day the police showed up. And that was the final time I was actually taken away and put in a foster home. But they, the courts gave me back to them for one day. And they were allowed to take me to Disneyland. And so my mat- last memory of my biological mom was she took me to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to be great. And I, the final pictures I have of me and my biological mom was at Disneyland. And, I don't know who my biological father is. And was it a good day, that last day? You said it was supposed to be a good day. I think it was a good day, yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't really understand that this was forever. Ugh. 
I can't imagine. As a five-year-old, you wouldn't even know that. How long were you in foster care before you got adopted? So this is kind of where my journey begins with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the courts placed me in my, my final foster home, which was, my, was a family of the Cruises. And, uh, so you had multiple, you had five, you said foster homes, five foster mm-hmm. homes. And the final one was the cruises and they were a Christian family. I've never heard of Jesus or experienced anything of that nature. And Sherry, um, we went to this one church and this lady, uh, who was my Bible school teacher, um, ended up becoming my mother, mm-hmm. my adoptive mom. Mm-hmm. And they had three kids, two boys and a girl. And my mom, my adoptive parents wanted one more girl, but they didn't want to go through the baby years again. And it's really rare when an eight-year-old is adopted nowadays. Everybody wants babies. But um, they wanted me and I got placed with them. But I was really messed up. Mm. So it wasn't easy for them. I was so mentally messed up. My brother's hated me my sister hated me i i required so much attention because i think in my heart i didn't believe that i was going to stay there forever mm-hmm. um i asked my mom as an adult did you ever want to give me back and she said yes many times mm-hmm. but she made a promise to god that she would work through this and my mom is my best friend now my by my adoptive mom so i get a chance to meet her and she's just delightful and your sister mm-hmm. got, got a chance to to meet her as well um so do you remember the day that you were picked up and brought to their home for the first time? You were eight. So how it happened was, um, I, don't, I don't really remember the date that they came and got me. I remember the date that I met, that I found out I was going to be theirs. Mm-hmm. And my, my mom had come to the foster home and my foster mom, Sherry, who will probably be watching this. She's a friend on my Facebook. Um, she sat me down. They both sat me down and said, this is going to be your new mom. And in my heart, I thought, I'm going to move again, going to another foster home. And I was, I was pretty comfortable in that foster home. Um, but they said, no, this is going to be your forever mom. Mm-hmm. And dad, they're, they're going to be your forever parents. And I didn't believe it. I remember that. I just, until I was a young adult, security was not a thing for me mm-hmm. and trust mm-hmm. trust in men i never trusted in that time that my husband mm-hmm. never so you were eight years old they adopted you and you said that you were kind of a handful uh you didn't trust That's people putting it lightly. <laughs> what, what kind of adolescence did you have i lied my whole i wanted them to love me so much that when they said, I love you, I didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. So I think that I did a lot of negative things to get them to love me. Um, as a young, as the eight-year-old to 13, 14, you know, I lied. I stole. I, I, I did everything in my power for them to give me up again. Mm-hmm. And maybe I was testing them. I don't, psychologically, I don't know. My mom had me in a ton of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, as I became a young adult, Every man I chose was abusive, mm-hmm. uh, mentally or physically. Hey, friends, this is Sugbury with him for her radio, Women's Hot Topics. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking with the most beautiful uh, Lisa Marie. She's sharing her story about what her past was like, her abusive 
uh, passed as a five-year-old child, put in five different foster care homes, um, as well as um, being adopted by her mom that she has today. And where I'd like to jump in, if I could, is talk about when did Jesus come into your life? What happened in your life that made you want to invite Christ into your life? Um, through all of the, um, the bad boyfriends, I got, I, I got addicted to drugs and got into, um, the worst of the worst. And one night it was, well, actually I should say one morning, 6am in the morning, I was driving home. I was to catch a flight to go to Mexico on a holiday. And I, um, was really coked out and realizing somewhere on that drive that I can't do this anymore. And being raised, you know, in my younger years as a Christian, I remember thinking to myself, I cannot do this anymore. God, where are you? I need Mm -hmm. you to show up. Mm -hmm. And on the radio, Jesus take the wheel came on by Carrie Underwood. And I remember I had chills and I remember thinking this is, this is a sign. Um, and the very next day I got on a plane and I met my future husband. So um, you were high in cocaine. You heard the song, you get on the plane and you go to Mexico, correct? Mm-hmm. And there you met Brett. And there I met Brett. And were you still high when you met him? No. <laughs> no. no thank Good goodness. thing, huh? It was, it was, it was <laughs> later on that, that night that we had met and instantly clicked. And uh, spent 12 days in Mexico, and people actually thought him and I were married. Um, Really amazing man, completely opposite of anything I ever desired or looked for. And he was the first person that I thought, could I trust this guy? He was real, and he was nothing like anybody I'd ever met. So I know God put him there. Yeah, Amen for that. Mm -hmm. Amen for that. What happened after that? Well, uh, we both went home. I went back to California. He went back to Canada and I, I couldn't stop thinking about him. And, um, we, I got on a plane like two weeks later and, uh, we started a life. He proposed within two months and I said, yeah, I'll marry you, but we should probably live in the same country. (laughs) That would help. And, uh, so I, Sold my house. I moved to Canada, and we were married a year and a half later. Uh, wanted to start a family fairly quickly, and again, throwing Jesus into it. I mean, if you, I always tell people, if you don't believe in Jesus, you need to look at my life because I feel like I had the kind of life that, you know, my childhood. I didn't know who Jesus was. I was never introduced to him. But then there was this hand on my back going, okay, I'm going to put you in this foster home and you're going to learn who Jesus is. And then I'm going to, and I stray. And then he goes, I'm going to put you into this Christian home forever home. And, and you're going to learn more about me. And then I'd stray. And then he put me into, you know, meeting this great guy and, and we're surrounded by Christians. And, and I would always try and stray. And I'd always say, I'm not going to do this. And I'd be right back in it. He, he had his hand on my back the entire time. Brett and I tried to get pregnant for a year. Couldn't get pregnant. We tried and tried and tried and um, went to fertility clinics and everything. And when we got to the final where a doctor said, I'm not going to have kids, he said that I'm, I'm not producing enough eggs. I went out to the parking lot and I started to cry. And I called my husband and I was crying my eyes out. And I said, 
we're not going to ever have children. Mm. And that this is it. We're, I'm done trying. And I remember hanging up the phone with him. And I just held my hands up in the car and I said, Jesus, why? What? Why? What did I do? Why can't I have children? And I prayed and prayed. I said, I really want the opportunity to raise a child. Three months later, I was pregnant. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you don't have, if you don't ask, friends, that's what scripture tells us. And uh, we know that our way, are, you know, is not God's ways, but he's got a plan for your life. So now you're pregnant with Ryder. And how has God guided you since then? So when I didn't, I wasn't going to church at all um, through Ryder's first year. And on Ryder's first birthday, when Brett and I got married, Brett was Catholic and I was a Christian. And I had said it was really important for me to have a pastor Mm-hmm. at our wedding. And in those wedding vows, the pastor um, had me commit to raising our children in the church and to know Jesus. And that line never slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. So when Ryder turned one, I took him to a church. And I remember walking into that church and that I had just bad words written all over me and that people could see I was carrying the sin into that church. And they're, you know, they're all going to throw daggers at me. But this guy at the door greeted me and shook my hand and said, hi, Lisa Marie. He asked me my name. Mm-hmm. Said, it was Lisa Marie. This is Ryder. Shook my hand. And I went into that church. I cried the entire service. Mm. The next Sunday, I got up and I said, should we do it again? And so I got Ryder. We got him all dressed, went to church. And that same man was there. And he remembered my name. And I couldn't believe it. Mm. He remembered my name. And he said, hi, Lisa Marie. And I knew this was this was my forever place. Yeah. And I started going to church again. And that was up in Canada? Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know, what an impact pastors can make. And you guys think about this. If somebody new comes into church, you know, just our acknowledgement of them or hello or hey, are you new here? I mean, something can make a huge impact whether or not they ever come back to church again. Especially as a young mom and you're walking in and you've never, ever, you haven't been to church since you were 18. Mm-hmm. I I, I was scared to death, mm. scared to death, mm-hmm. but thankful. And now you have a deep relationship with Jesus. Very deep. Amen. Very deep. You know, I know that you speak to different groups um, about your abuse, about your past. If there's someone listening uh, to us here today who's got an abusive past, uh, what would you share with them and how could you comfort them? That you're not alone. And it's a hard journey. There's no doubt. But you have two choices. You can either sit and wallow in it and never get out of it, or you can reach for Jesus and say, take my hand. I need help. And and believe. You have to believe. You have to believe because you're not alone. And I I knew I would I would snort a line and then pray to God and say, I'm sorry. Mm. But he never left me and he should have. Many times he should have left me. So there, there are women out here like me that are willing to talk to you and tell you that you, that you can do it. And there are resources out there. I, I contribute to a resource that they help women, uh, women of abuse and, and drug habits and, and, uh, any, and, and abuse just isn't about abuse from men. It can be abuse from, parents and coworkers and anybody it's not just necessarily boyfriends so you're not stuck and i think that's what a lot of people think is that they're stuck and they can never get out mm-hmm. and jesus 
was with me my entire journey. I just didn't see it at that time. You got to look for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I deal with prisoners, as you know, and oftentimes they have said they've been high and then got, you know, reached out and they surrendered. And that's pretty much what happened to you. You surrendered when you were high on cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, yeah, that's amazing. That's just amazing. I love how God, God finds us right where we are. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You don't have to clean up your life to say yes to Jesus. It's just a simple, I surrender. Jesus, come into my life. I want to begin to follow you, Lord, instead of my sinful ways and forgive me for my sins. You know, oftentimes women feel the way you do when they come into church covered in where it says felon on their forehead for my friends who've been incarcerated uh, or the sins that are all over them. Uh, What would you say to those friends? First of all, I'd hug them. Mm. And I, I would say I've been there and look at me today. I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of who I am. It wasn't easy. And I'm, I thank God every day that he forgave me. And he, he, without him, I wouldn't be where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a, what's called a life verse, or it pops off the page. Do you happen to have anything from scripture that God really spoke to you on? So my mom and I uh, helped me find my, my main one. And it's, um, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you and harm you, to prosper you and not harm you, and give you hope for the future. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I always wondered if, if God did have a plan for me. So when that scripture came up, like this one day, five or six times, I knew that this is my this is my outreach to women mm-hmm. is to help them and understand that that there is there is a God and He will help you. My second one's Romans eight twenty eight, and we know all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And I believe that um, He doesn't give you more than you can handle, mm-hmm. and He knows that. I could handle this. I can get through it. And now I can share my story with other women and know, tell them, I love you and wrap my arms around you like Jesus will. Mm-hmm. Now, you're giving back today. Uh, you know, she's been there, done that, experienced it. And, you know, I find that with women leaving prison as well, that they just want to help. They just want to come out. I want to help people leave prison or I want to help them in their addiction. Uh, would you share with our listeners what you're doing up in Canada every year? So every so it started up four years ago or five years ago now with COVID. Um, I started a tea party that it just originally started with about seventy five women, and we have a tea party and then a fundraiser. I went out around the city and I basically had um, auction items come out, and from the seventy five women, where we started and we raised about seven thousand um, dollars. Fast forward, we now have three hundred women and we raise about. Uh, $13,000 for abused women homes. Awesome. And to helping them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And friends, if you want to find a way to give back as well, uh, find out, check out in your local area. You know, we're broadcast throughout the United States. Find in your local area where there's a women's shelter where women can go to and find a safe place when they've been abused. Abuse is everywhere. 
And you might look at someone and think they all got their act together or their marriage is all together. But what you don't know is that their life could be at risk from the abuse that they experienced behind closed doors. So please do reach out to your local shelter um, and donate in any way possible to help these women leave this situation. Uh, Lisa Marie, I can't thank you enough. Not only are you absolutely beautiful, but you're beautiful inside and out. And I love how the Lord has spoken, has worked through you, is working with other women who need your help. And and guys, we got to reach out. We got to do what we can do and get the love thing right. You guys, you know I love you. This is Shugbury, over and out. Hey, ladies, this is Sugbury, and I'm the host of Him for Her Radio, Women's Hot Topics. I am so glad that you have found our show amongst the millions of podcasts that are out there. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, would you please do me a favor? Like it, rate it, thumbs up. We're on YouTube as well, so don't forget to find us there. You can watch our guests also. Please subscribe so you don't miss a show. We also have started Him for Her Crazy Testimonies. And each of our guests that we have on the show shares their personal testimony, how they receive Christ in their life. This is Shug Burry. You know I love you. Over and out.